This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. This episode features a conversation with Accept frontman Mark Tornillo. Now, the chat took place back in July of 2017. It has been available via the Scars and Guitars podcast and all the usual podcast outlets really ever since then. And it's been getting great traction. I'm, I'm not going to say I don't know why. A conversation with Mark Tornillo is always a bit of a thrill, but it's one of those episodes that has taken on a bit of a life of its own through the podcast app. So here it is, repurposed for the YouTube audience. Now, throughout this conversation here, well, the compelling event was twofold. There was a new album on the horizon back in those days, The Rise of Chaos, which saw a light of day on August 1st, and there was an Australian tour, which I think from memory was the more significant compelling event behind the chat. Throughout the conversation, though, there's a broad range of topics covered, such as the popularity or otherwise of TT Quick in Australia. I had no idea who they were before talking to Mark, actually, but apparently, according to the man himself, there are fans down under. Um, something else I did, I probably laboured the point a bit too much, but he's now almost 70 years of age. Okay, so if this chat took place in 2017 when he was 63, and we're now six years after the fact, man, for a fellow that's nearing 70 years of age, he looks fantastic. But yeah, I probably laboured the point a bit too much. And uh, anyway, he took it like a champion because he is a good bloke and he's a great frontman and vocalist, I must say. So here he is, Mark Tornillo from Accept. I'm going to open up our chat with an excerpt from a review that I wrote for the Metal Forge publication. So here goes. Frank Tornillo's energy and faithful, yet contemporary take on Udo Dirkschneider's vocal have the potential to bring Accept's brand of high-octane pre-thrash to a brand new audience of younger and more likely impressionable listeners. This in turn ensures that the band remain relevant and is seen as far more than a nostalgia act jammed with imitators and animated mannequins. Such as Tornillo's influence on the songs, one could parachute into the listening experience on this album, that's the live album, none the wiser to Dirk Schneider's absence. It has been said that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. However, it is an entirely different proposition to imitate and improve, and Tornillo may have just done that. So on that note, mate, congratulations on doing what so many have tried in heavy metal, yet very few have actually achieved. What do you love about being an accept? Wow. <laughs> I like that quote. <laughs> wow, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, we try. That's for sure. You know, I mean, we're, we're, I like the, pa- the fact that, you know, we are trying, try to be relevant, you know, and not just a nostalgia act. You know, try to make new and new, make new music, and try to make the old music sound the way it's supposed to sound. And I'm glad people appreciate it. Yeah, I, you, it really surprised me when you came into the band because I'm not like a long time or a, you know an old fan of um, Accept or anything like that. But I've been listening to heavy metal for 25 years, so I did have some background on killer cuts such as Balls to the Wall and all of the hits that Wolf and his compadres have composed over the years but when I heard you come in I thought holy shit who's this bloke because I, I thought you might have been in a band from yeah. Europe or or, or or when I say a well-known US band uh, I know you've had some association with the lads in Overkill so I'll ask you a question about that a bit later on but mate you seem to come from out of nowhere 
Yeah, well, my, you know, the band that I, I was in for years, TT Quick, was really, you know, obscure in other parts of the world. We had decent following in the United States. We were on, you know, signed to Megaforce. We were signed to Island for a while. Yep. And uh, just never really became big, you know. It was definitely not a household name by any uh, by any means. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I kind of did come out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, I, should, I probably should have reframed that and said... Bazillion-year overnight success, you know. <laughs> yes, that's the old-fashioned saying, isn't it, mate? You've, been, you've clearly been plying your craft on the stages around the States for many years. And, of course, I don't think many Australian listeners uh, had actually heard of you beforehand but um yeah mate you, yeah. Certainly, you certainly made a big impact that's for sure i don't doubt it that the, the, they, they hadn't heard of me <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure but surprisingly enough though i i signed i signed quite a few pp quick albums when i was over there so you, you never know you never know yep you never know mate the band that's except does have a new album that will be released on the 1st of August, and it is called The Rise of Chaos. What can you tell the listeners about it? Yes. Um, it's, it's wow, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, I'll tell you that. We had a great time making it. I think it's a little heavier, possibly, than Blind Rage. Um, a little darker, but, uh, you know, more of the same. I mean, we're certainly not trying to reinvent the wheel. I think we just try to, you know, stay, stay within what we do well and try and keep it fresh, you know, maybe write new, write new music and try and make it sound, sound classic, but be fresh and new and use new technology. And, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's quite, refreshing for us to be able to just do this again after all those years of not recording albums and i think that's why we just keep popping them out it's because it's you know you do a tour and then you're like well we have to make a new record don't we well let's go do it and that's always the way it was when 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 we were all you know doing this back in the 80s and 90s so we're enjoying it yep fantastic and we are glad you are as fans let me assure you and now, this next question, I'm pretty sure you've been asked by every single person in your Australian media run here, but gosh, I'm going to ask it as well. Um, you do have a lot of fans here in Australia, and you are travelling all the way here for a solitary show in Melbourne in September, so how come only the single show? Well, from what I understand, you know, I don't, I have nothing to do with booking. I have nothing to do with any of that. So uh, what I have heard, though... Is that this? You know, it's a one-off. We're going to play Japan. When we leave Japan, we're coming for a one-off show in Melbourne. And from what I understand, we will be back to do a complete tour. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, probably uh, in 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 2018. That's the way it's looking. Uh huh. The tour is just beginning now. We're the tour is isn't even started yet. It will begin in September. So we're actually going to do a series of. Uh, of album release parties throughout the U.S. Uh, and I think that's really the way they're looking at this in Melbourne is that it's kind of an album release party uh, in just major cities. Then the tour itself will actually start, you know, from yep. there on out. Yep. Mate, that makes complete so, sense. Uh, the way I, I'm, I'm hearing that we're going to be back and we'll be doing uh, multiple cities. So. Yeah, I'd love to see you in Brisbane, mate. That's where I'm And from. I hope so. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people down here do oh, feel yeah, that way. Yeah, so. We didn't make it last time. Yes, that's I it. I would love to get out there. Believe me. <laughs> so you do share a home state with the great Blitz Bailey from Overkill, and you've even appeared on an album with the band. Can you tell us about your friendship with Blitz and the members of Overkill? Man, I've known Blitz since, wow. Jeez, we used to play at the same clubs, uh, I would say, in the late 70s, early 80s. You know, very early 80s. Um, so, and him and I kind of reconnected again after I joined Accept. We were playing, uh, I think it was a Banger Head Festival in Germany, and I hadn't seen Bobby in a while. And uh, found out they were playing, and we just kind of kind of ran into each other backstage in the dressing area and hung out and, you know, we all had a blast because it was like a New Jersey reunion <laughs> between him and everybody else in the band and myself. And, uh, and then about, uh, I guess it was, it was not long after that, him and I, I got him involved in doing a benefit show here in the U S that I was working on. And he, he jumped on board and we still do it every year. We're actually going to be doing it next, uh, it's August 27th over here. Um, it's for muscular dystrophy. And it gets bigger every year. So it's a really, really cool benefit. Uh, but I did, he, he came on board, did that for, with me, and then uh, asked me if I would consider singing a song with him on the on the Overkill album. And I was like, of course I will. Cool. So then we did that. So now, you know, him and I talk quite often, and hopefully we get to see each other on the road again once in a while. So Cool. Yep. We actually did a show together. We did a accept an overkill in uh, New York City at uh, in Times Square at the uh, I think it's called PlayStation Theater now. It was Best Buy Theater then. Okay. Yep. But that was a, that was a killer night. Yeah, that'd be a wonderful double bill, mate. Just a slight hint: if you are coming back here in 2018, it'd be awesome if you could bring Overkill with you. If you ever have a say in <laughs> the bands that can uh, come with you or support. Hey. You you wouldn't get an argument from me. <laughs> wouldn't get an argument from me. That's for sure. Excellent. More Americans, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad thing. Not a bad thing, especially on the music front. So much great music comes from the US, mate. And uh, your good self, as I say, you've certainly taken a lot of people by. I don't want to say by surprise, mate, but a lot of people are super impressed with what you've done. And, um, mate, I love Overkill in particular. Have well, a, thank you. Have a broad fan base down here to the extent where they even recorded a live album, I think it was in Sydney or Melbourne, about 10 or 15 years ago. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So this next question uh, is a bit of a... They've been making some great records lately as well. Jeez. The, the last one was killer. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I actually went to the extent of buying it on cassette because cassettes have become all a rage again. I don't know whether you know that, but um, I've got young daughters and... Well, vinyl's um, been all the rage here. I haven't even... I haven't seen though, any cassettes, really. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I bought their new album, The Grinding Gear or The Grinding Wheel, I think the name of the record is. And, um, yeah, yeah. I bought it on... I, bought, I even went to the extent of buying a little shoebox cassette player. So I've been playing it around the house. I've got two young daughters. And, no kidding. Yeah, so I've been playing the Overkill album, the newbie from, these are another new, oh no, Overkill are a New Jersey band, but neighbouring state, New That's York. That's crazy. Emoliation, I've been playing their new new album on cassette. Yeah, Nuclear Blast, I've been releasing them all. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, 8-tracks? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It's sort yeah, of in that direction. Yeah, you never know, do you? You know? All right. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, vinyl is all the rage over here again. You know, it's it's nuts. Sell more vinyl than CDs. CDs, I, I think they're going to stop making them. Yeah, and look, I know a lot of people disagree with me on this point, and I can kind of understand that. I don't really see the place for CDs these days with MP3s and FLAC files. Vinyl, I definitely see right. it has a place in a music collector's, sure. um, in, in a music fan's collection. The reason for that is you've actually got an artifact. You've got this giant, you know, yes. giant compared to a CD, it's a lot bigger. But you've got a, you've got the artwork, you can actually I read agree. You know, you can read all of the uh, liner notes, which include the thank yous. And I remember, you probably did the same thing, mate, but I remember as a young fan reading the liner notes on Faith No More and Megadeth albums and wanting to find out who the hell these bands were that they were thanking. And that's a lost start. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. You need a magnifying glass to read them on the CDs, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh, you do, and that's that was my point. Yeah, yeah, you do. You need a magnifying glass. So I think it's got to the point now, and I haven't bought a CD, admittedly, in about, oh, man, it'd be years, 10, 15 years or something. But uh, I think the last one, I can actually tell you the last one I bought, it was Celtic Frost Monotheus, so that was 2006, so that's 12 or 13 years ago now. Um, yeah, and, and I, I can't actually recall what was in the liner notes there, but I do remember in the lead-up to that buying CDs, and the liner notes weren't what they used to be, I can assure you. There was no big, long thank you list. Oh, no. You'd even see the same guitar techs in metal album sleeves pop up in different albums. You'd even go down to that to that fine yep. degree of investigation when you're a real fan of this genre. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, vinyl maybe making that, uh, maybe reinvigorating that aspect of it so as more people get thanks in, in albums. But uh, Yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot more romance involved, I think, with a, you know, with, with the vinyl, especially the gatefold vinyl, you know, when you get that fold out and it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, what was your favorite vinyl release growing up or fi- favorite vinyl releases growing up? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I you know I grew up in the '60s and '70s, so you know I, I used to stay at the store waiting for new Beatle albums to come out. You know, then yes. then they came out with the White Album and there was nothing on it. <laughs> so, like, what is this <laughs> giant 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 uh, gatefold vinyl? There's nothing written on it, and you open it up and there was four pictures, and that was it. But uh, yeah, I'm wow, screaming for vengeance and. Uh, Yes, and Unleashed in the East were were, were just amazing records for me um, on vinyl, <laughs> definitely on vinyl. You know, yeah, sweet, yeah. No, I've I haven't got too much Priest. I've got to say, but I'm going to um, Priest Live is an album that I know a lot of fans don't like. You know, the one with the bronze album cover or copper album cover. That's an album I've been trying to seek right. out on vinyl now for some time because I don't think that they repressed that one during the reissues that they did a few years back. Um, but yeah, Beatles albums and the like, mate. They're all they all. I think you've got to listen to a record in the original format that it was recorded. So that means that for the Beatles, you go back and you listen to it on vinyl. It's all recorded on analog equipment. Yep, exactly. Beatles and Stones, they're definitely vinyl. <laughs> Digital, I don't know how that even works. Well, I don't think it, it sounds the same. It all into one. Yeah. 
You're right, mate. I'm sorry. Oh, I just don't think it sounds the same. No, it doesn't. It, do- it totally does not. But it is what it is. <laughs> okay, so my next question, I don't think I've ever asked this of anybody else before, so I ask this also with the greatest of respect, okay? So you are in great shape, and it hints at something you just mentioned a moment ago, as as in that you grew up through the 60s and 70s, and the question is, you are in great shape, which is absolutely required when touring and performing. You're also 63 years of age, if I'm, if I'm correct there on your age, and it's older than my father yes, was. Yes, I, I turned 63 in June. So that's older. <laughs> well, that's great. Really? Well, it's great, mate. It's older than my father was when he passed away due to cancer many years ago, so I need to ask, because you, you look like you're 20 or 30 years I'm younger. Sorry. What type of exercise regime do you follow, and what tips do you offer to people out there that are looking to get into shape and need some encouragement on improving their health? Well, uh, I don't know that I look 20 or 30 years younger than I am, but uh, (laughs) thank you for that compliment. Uh, I've always just kind of stayed in shape, you know? I mean, it's difficult to get in shape when you're out of shape, I, I would imagine, but I've never really been that far out of shape. I've always... Uh, maintained, a, you know, an exercise regimen. I've always gone to the gym. Uh, I still do. I was at the gym this afternoon. Uh, and I watch what I eat. People always ask me, you know, how do you, uh, how do you stay thin? So, well, here's what I do is when my pants get tight, I stop eating. I don't buy new pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause if, if you just keep expanding, you're going to expand, aren't you? So, and that's always been my philosophy. You know, you can always back off and I can eat tomorrow, you know, I'll eat more tomorrow. But, uh, but I don't know. I think it's a frame of mind as well too. You know, you got to want to be young. You want to want to feel young and look young or, or else you won't, you know, you just kind of give people just kind of give up. I think sometimes, um, and I'm not, not quite ready to give up yet. So, yeah, no, good on you, mate. And do you have, uh, if you don't mind me asking this question, of course, mate, feel free to tell me to bugger off. But have you got kids? Yes, yes, grown kids. Grown kids, yeah. A thirty-year-old daughter, and uh, my son is twenty-three. He'll be twenty-four in December. So, what do they think about their old? And they're men? coming to Vakin with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Okay, so they're right into the Either middle. Neither one as well. of my children have ever. Yeah, they've never been to Europe, and they're coming to Vakin, so they're just a little bit excited. So, I can understand that. And what do they think about their old man being the front man of one of the most revered heavy metal men's heavy metal bands of all time? Uh, I, I, I think it, at first they didn't really get it, but I, they kind of get it now. So I, they both and they're both enjoying it. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> My son is. Uh, you know, we'll run into people and, and, uh, and their parents will go, is your father the guy that accepts? Wow. That's great. Holy crap. You know? So he constantly gets it. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Cool, mate. Yeah. Strange for them, I think, but you know, I would think it'd be great. <laughs> what is, what, you know, I think you, with <laughs> a game with the greatest of respect, I say this, I mean, you're, you're out there performing in front of tens of thousands of people when a lot of people, of the similar vintage are uh, thinking about retiring and mate, you're just turning it up a notch every night. Yeah. You know, so, oh, I'm not quite ready to retire yet. So. No, I don't, I don't, and I don't blame you for that one at but all. You but, are right. 
I think you've said something in there that's really important is you were never out of shape. You've kept yourself in shape all the way through, so you've never felt that that lethargy or that that sincere form of tiredness that overcomes human beings when they've been working for a career for 40 years. You know, by keeping yourself in shape, you've been yeah, able to keep yeah. that vitality. It's, uh, well, and again, the kids keep you young too, you know, and, uh, but it really is, it really is a frame of mind, I think, more than anything. If you allow yourself to be old, you'll be old. You, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to fight it. <laughs> you do. I, I, yeah. For lack of a better word, or else it will take you down, you know, I mean, age is, is not just a chronological thing. It's a mental thing, I think as well, you know, obviously it's a physical thing. And luckily I don't, you know, I've been blessed enough not to have any major illnesses or, you know, that sort of thing too. I mean, sometimes you just can't, you know, you're not in control of what, what you're doing because you become sick, but I've, uh, I've been lucky in that respect. So, yeah, cool, mate. Yep. Okay, so I'm up to my final three questions, and I do ask these three questions of all of my interview subjects. So I would love it if you could humor me here, Mark, and your answers can be as not safe for work right. as you like. So here goes. Here's the first question. All right. Choose three words to describe yourself. <laughs> <laughs> three words to describe myself. Uh <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> I do like to drink beer. Don't we all? Um, I'd say energetic. Definitely. Yep. And uh unfortunately old. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Next question. If you could go back to when you're 18 years of age and give yourself some advice, what do you think you'd say? Oh, my goodness. <sighs> write music now. Yeah, it's good advice, actually, to any musician. Make sure you're writing music, yeah. Do you think you would have yeah, done anything? But I mean, you should have really concentrated on it, you know. Yeah, I understand. And, and do you think you would have potentially have looked at another genre outside of hard rock or heavy metal, given you were a, a Beatles fan and it sounds like a bit of a Stones fan as well, um, if you had your time over again? I was always a rock fan. You know, that was the thing back in the day. You know, there was there was rock music and that was it. It was rock. Beatles were considered rock. Uh, everything was rock. There was no genres. There was no punk. There was no, you know, no, no pigeonhole stuff. It was just rock. Bad Company was a rock band. Led Zeppelin was a rock band, you know? So, yeah. I, I, no, I would have played rock, definitely. Rock. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. No matter what. I think there's such a emphasis on genres these days, and it's almost impossible to keep yeah. up with the genres and the subgenres, and it's um it's polymorphic, isn't it? It is. You know? it's, yeah, I mean that's why I mean I, I like I like bands that you can't pigeonhole, you know, and that don't play that game. I mean we, we we're considered a classic metal band, I guess, but we I think except as a rock band. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, the way the way we go out, the, the mentality that we have, you know. I certainly agree with that perspective, no doubt about that. I think if when when I think now, I I only refer to you guys as heavy metal because that's the way the media does and most fans do. But when I think of putting on a great rock and roll, record, oh, I do as well. 
Yeah, and but when I think of putting on a great rock and roll record, it's one of your ones. You know what I mean? I'm not reaching for a lot of other things, yeah. and oh. a lot of people refer to it as metal, but I, I'm with you, mate. I think of it as rock and roll. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, my my final question. Here we go. What five guests from any time in history, living or dead, would you invite to dinner? What time period would I like to live in? Is that what you're asking me? No, what five guests, living or dead, from any time in history would you invite to dinner? Oh, five guests. Okay. Um, hmm. Wow. Bon Scott, for sure. <laughs> living or dead, huh? Living or dead. Wow, this is a tough one. Hmm. Paul McCartney. Yep. Notice they're all musicians so far. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, You're a musician. Yeah, well, you know, I don't really want any politicians or you know, movie stars. Uh, who else? Now, Marilyn Monroe, that would be interesting. Well, wow. okay. Haven't, heard, haven't had her before. There you go. Um... Maybe Elvis. Okay, cool. Yep. And one more. Let's see. Uh, living or dead, huh? Wow, this is tough. This one stumps people, yeah. Maybe. I'm trying to think. Uh Hmm. Maybe John F. Kennedy. Wow. Okay. Speaking so the politicians, then I could find that just so I could find out who killed him. Well, you mentioned Marilyn Monroe in there too, and I was going to ask you: Do you think you'd ever, you know, in a situation like this, if it could ever be arranged? I'm sure in an alternative dimension it could be arranged. But would you ask her how her life ended as well? Because there's a lot of conjecture about that as well. Yeah, maybe. And Elvis the same way. You know, well, we know how kind of know how his ended, but. Yeah, that's a very interesting list there. Just the, those are the icons from icons from my from my childhood, actually. You know, so it's kind of weird. McCartney as well. Yeah, oh, Scott, he's just one of my heroes. So, well, yeah, yeah. Actually, I can hear the parallels in in your approach and your stage presence, actually, or see, sorry, the parallels in your in your approach to being on stage and Bonds, actually. And you're probably aware, mate. He's Australian, so he's revered as a saint in for just about every rock band that. Oh. Applying the trade with good reason. <laughs> with good reason, he was a genius. Yeah, he was a rock and roll animal. Yeah, very unfortunate end for him as well. But I suppose he lived life on the edge, and in some um, way, yeah, you're right. He was a great lyricist too. You know, not just a not just an amazing frontman and singer, but what a great lyricist! I mean, he was like a, a simplistic genius. Had ways of turning you know little things around and just making them brilliant yeah did did you ever hear the story behind how he he came up with the title for she's got the jack and the lyrics in that song no okay i hope i get this right so any bond fans out there and any members of his family if i've got this incorrect let me know um i understand that he had some kind of a venereal disease at the time and he was 
dating or oh. being amorous with various women and or women were being amorous with him, I think it was, and he picked up something from them and then from right. the audi- from the stage he pointed at the women who actually had this particular disease when he's singing She's Got the Jack and he's pointing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now I read that somewhere. I read that somewhere a while ago. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, I read that somewhere a while ago, so uh, I got that correct. But yeah, it sounds heard, like it'd be something heard, Bond would do. Heard heard the uh Heard the stories about a whole lot of Rosie, for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and uh, ACDC, when they played down here recently, actually, yeah. they played down here. I think we were the last country to see them with Brian um, fronting the band. Um, and Yeah? Yeah, they had the big woman behind them when they played a whole lot of Rosie. That was pretty exciting to see that. Oh, Von Scott was a character, boy, wasn't he? Holy mackerel. I think it's a shame that with, with this whole thing with Brian as well, too. I think, you know, I wish they would just come to their senses and and get them back. But yeah, we'll I, have, to, have to see what happens. Look, I agree. And look, I, I, I didn't see them with Axel because I know they only did some North American and some European dates with Axel. But um, I wouldn't even mind if he continued on in some way, to be honest. I think Axel seems to have turned over a new new leaf so to speak and he's turning up to gigs on time and the performances that I've seen that have been recorded by fans on YouTube and that the band's released on their Facebook page and the like yeah. of Axel fronting the band he did he's, a de- he's definitely singing better than he has in a long time so yeah no agreed agreed I don't know where it came from but um turns out I mean he was always a great singer on on studio albums but live I always felt back in the day that he left a bit yeah. to be desired there wasn't the preparation there because of all of the partying but um mate lately he's just the show that he did in Brisbane at the beginning of the year, mate, he floored me the way that he was singing. It was excellent. Oh, good to hear. <laughs> good to hear. So that's it from me, mate. Um, any final words of wisdom for those uh-huh. that are listening? <laughs> words of wisdom. Beware the rise of chaos. Uh, <laughs> we will see you very shortly in the... Uh, in September, right there in Melbourne, um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. I and I uh, hope to uh, hope we don't disappoint, and I'm sure we will try. We will surely try not to. Mate, I don't think it's possible for you guys, especially your good self, to disappoint anybody, uh, such as the uh, ferocity of the performance on stage that I've seen on YouTube and all the rest of it. So, mate, I'd love to shake your hand and have a beer with you down here. I don't know if that can be arranged, but yeah. It'd be great to catch up. I'm sure it can. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm easy to get along with, brother. So you please come indeed. to the show and just make it known. We'll hook up, okay? Thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate your time. Another good one, run and done. That was Mark Tornillo from Accept. Yeah, hope you liked that one. It's taken on a bit of a life of its own, that episode, since it's been launched on the podcast apps back in... 2017 so here it is for youtube as i mentioned in the introduction okay if you like that chat there are many more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com click on the podcast link and you'll be taken to a universe of conversations featuring the leading lights from hard rock heavy metal extreme metal punk rock and a little bit more and beyond yep and if you like listening maybe you like reading too because i've written a book Scars and Guitars Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond, etc. Click the link in the banner on the website. 
and you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice and you can download a sample try before you buy and if you do complete the purchase do hit me up because i want to thank you personally on that note there's some more information to share with you about the book why you should invest some time in reading about these conversations but before we get to that i need to bid you a fond farewell my name is andrew mckay smith and i'm the host of the scars and guitars podcast until next time it is a very goodbye for now this is eric rattan of cannibal corpse you are listening to the scars and guitars podcast with andrew mckay smith i've been the host of the scars and guitars podcast since 2017. the first musician i interviewed for the show was david vincent from morbid angel and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara, talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there I, I, I just i just can't understand how we've gotten to this place and yeah we kicked a hornet's nest with sepultura percussive overlord gene hoagland talks about recording with chuck Schuldiner. chuck was always um you know he was he was very you know very open-minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they have. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>